Well, praise the Lord and good day to you. I'm right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson in Queen City, Texas here at Crossway Church on this beautiful Monday, sunny morning here, the first day of November in 2021. It's great to be here with our Bibles, the Word of the Living God. I hope that you'd get yours and follow along with us. It will be a Phenomenal broadcast today, number one, because it is the Word of God. Number two, because He is speaking it to His people today, as always, if we will just listen and and understand when it is His voice in the direction He's guiding so that we can hear and receive properly of Him. And uh, we have had a wonderful seven-chapter study, and this morning we're about to enter into our eighth chapter in the book of Hebrews, and it's going to be wonderful. Don't forget, you can watch everything we do on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. We have a church app, Crossway Church, and on the Spreaker app, you can get on your smartphone, it's just audio, the messages, teachings, worship, everything in audio form. So our channel on the Spreaker app is for those who have ears to hear, or you can just type my name in and find us. But this today is going to be a wonderful, wonderful lesson in Hebrews chapter 8, and we'll start in verse 1. And I'm just believing the Lord is going to bring more and more of His people back to the hearing and receiving place, which is exclusively faith in the cross. It's not happening outside of that, my friend. And I know people hear that and they say, well, what about all that God's done when, when I didn't know that my faith had to be in the cross? You look back, my friend, if you're honest, you're going to have to admit most of that wasn't God at all. And that's what we don't really like to have to admit, that there's the law of the spirit of life, there's the law of Christ, the law of faith, It's that it's still law today. It's not the law of Moses, but it's still God's commands that are lawful commands. And, and, and the work of Christ at Calvary was a judiciary legal work and the Holy Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, meaning through faith in what He did at Calvary, is able to make us free from the law of sin and death, not just initially, but daily. So those who are honest with themselves and and, and find this, this place of truth in Christ, uh, they're going to have to look back and realize a lot of things we stamped God on really wasn't God. And so, you know, because we we know from the scriptures that if we're not trusting in Christ and his sacrificial work, we may be saved, but in his eyes, we can't be living saved if that's not what we're... trusting in, depending on that object of faith. And and uh, he's still, listen, he's still long-suffering and he's not going to kick us out. He, he's not going to kick us out, but he's also not going to be able to do the work that needs to be done. Galatians reveals that. Now, the church desperately needs to study and look at the book of Galatians. For if we can fall from grace and walk in a place where Christ can't affect us or profit us uh, because we've turned away from Him through other objects of faith, 
that's, that's a scary thing. I've been there. That's why we so uh, preach and teach the way we do with the compassion and the passion that we do because we, I, have been there. And uh, it's a deceitful place of deception to think you're walking in the light, but it not be light. To think you're walking with the Master, but you're really not. To, to think you're in this great move of God, but you're not. To be calling darkness light. I mean, I have been there. And most of the body of Christ is there today. And the, the other day the Lord gave me this word and, it, and it's really just the result of our 16 year study of God's word. Now we studied longer than that but 16 years, a little over we've been studying God's word in its true light, its true context, that of righteousness that, that you have eyes to see through the blood alone and so that God can impart the things to our lives that we need. But the other day, uh, the Lord told me that information, the Bible is full of information. It's full of information and instruction and, 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 and it's full of information. But information without the application of the blood leaves no room for impartation. Information without the application of the blood has no way of impartation. Example, Paul the Apostle, outside of the book of Galatians that most will ignore because, and I understand they will ignore it because they want to keep pretending they're right with God, but if you want to know whether you're on the right track with God or not, it comes down to this. The object of your faith today. Or are you trusting in Christ and His finished work, realizing He died for you, not just for the forgiveness of your sins, but today, so that today you can find the power through that faith in Him and what He did there again today to live in victory over the sin nature and to allow Him, the Spirit of grace, to keep working in your life. You desperately need to read and study the book of Galatians. It took me a year and a half to teach it verse by verse. It's out there. Go find it. And It's not my opinion. It's verse by verse the Word of God righteously being divided with all the other scriptures. And those of you who long for truth, then you will appreciate what you find. The truth of God's Word. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't just quote Scripture to us. He guides us into all truth of the Scriptures. That means it'll be in the context of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that He carried out at Calvary. So uh, it, God's Word is full of information. But without the application of the blood of Christ on our hearts, there is no avenue of impartation. And the example I was going to give you was the Apostle Paul when he writes to the church in Rome in the very first chapter. Remember now, he's writing to an already saved, already spirit-filled church 
and he's talking about, I can't wait to get there. Pray for me to have a prosperous journey to get to you. I can't wait to get there uh, so that I can, so that we have a, a spiritual gift imparted to you so that our faith can be mutual. And, and, and then he says, he begins to talk about, because I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You see, the impartation, uh, the only avenue of impartation of what God has to impart and to do in the child of God's heart will come through the application of the blood through the information he's given us in the word. Let me say it again. You, you might need to write this down. God's word is full of information, but without the application of the blood to that information coming within our hearts, there can be no impartation. And we know from Galatians chapter 5 that God doesn't just go ahead and impart things anyway. He's either allowed to work in us or he's prevented from working in us. And that's what the church, really one of the main things the church has not known for years, they think, and, and I've been there, that God's just going to go ahead and carry the work out anyway. But the book of Galatians refutes that and tells us plainly that we can walk in a place where Christ can't profit us, can't affect us, and we need, we need to be careful what we're hearing and who we're hearing. And uh, uh, everybody has the gripe about they got this group and they got this group. And if they be honest with themselves, everybody's in a group. It's called a fellowship. Some fellowship we're all a part of, if we're even functioning halfway properly according to the faith. We're all in some group, some fellowship. So you better make sure you're among that fellowship that's always pointing to the place where God can legally not only speak the information to you, but that place is the cross, the blood of Jesus, that where your faith is, then he can impart that information to you that you need. It's called the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, being able legally to guide us into all truth. And we need to remember these things. Don't get caught up in this mysticism and, and witchcraft thinking it doesn't really matter what I do and God's going to do this anyway. That's not what the Bible says and I, I've got a Bible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Watch this very carefully today. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Now of the things which we have spoken, that means up to this point, seven chapters that weren't really chapters and verses then. It was just a letter. Uh, chapters and verses have been added just to help us move around more uh, comfortably in the scriptures. But now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. This is the most principal thing of all is what this means. This is the main point. You look it up, you'll see that's what it means. Everything we've spoken up until this point, chapters 1 through 7, this, what we're about to see in this 8th chapter, is the main point. And if you'll look back, and let's go back just for the sake of what he's saying here in chapter 8, that everything the Holy Spirit has been attempting to get us to see up to this point, chapter 8 is the culmination, it's the, it's the principal point of all, it's the main point. It's, it's really the picture for those 
who have taken heed to the first seven chapters. Chapter 1 was a focus on the Son of God and what He did at Calvary, purging us of our sins by Himself, being seated at the right hand of the Majesty on high. How in, in past times, you know the first chapter, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. He's, he's, talk, he's talking about Christ, and He gets to chapter 2. Follow along the, 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 the mind of the Lord in this, the reach of the Lord, the direction of the Lord in all of this. Because what we're going to tap into just in just a hair a little bit in these seven these few chapters to, to show the Holy Spirit has been doing something. In all of this letter, this letter's taken and as this letter's read and this this letter's read over and over and as this letter is, is declared uh, along the way, uh, people's lives are being changed because there's a, a wake-up call. Watch very carefully. Chapter 2, he's, first thing he says as he gets to this portion of the letter, therefore we ought, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which he have, we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Now that's chapter 2. Notice the, the call, the call. Hey, that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us here. Pay attention. Take heed. Give the more earnest heed to this great salvation. Don't be negligent with it. Don't be negligent with it. You get to chapter 3 and verse 6. He says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Here we are again. Don't let what you had at the beginning of your salvation slip away. Don't you slip away. Hallelujah. Because you're Christ's house if you hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. And then he gets to chapter 4 and says, Let us... Therefore, fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. See, the focus is the gospel. But the word, the gospel word, the word of the gospel preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Then we get to chapter 5, and chapter 5 is the, the, the place in the letter where the Holy Spirit is telling the church, listen, you, far too long have you been a babe in Christ. You, you, by now, you should be teachers by now. But your babes in Christ still to this day, however long that is, you, because you're still on the milk, but you could be on the meat. You could wake up under what's, what's been said. You could uh, repent and, and wake up unto righteousness because that's what the call is to here to be 
be in a place where you're becoming skillful. That word means experienced in the word of righteousness. That means the word of the only avenue through which righteousness comes, the word of the cross, where chapter 5 talks about where your discernment now is in a higher place. And now you're exercising your senses. You're, you're actually in the experience of the word of righteousness. You're not just sitting on a pew anymore. Hallelujah. You're, you're, listen, and this is not talking about you getting in a pulpit or you do it. This is talking about your life, whatever God has you doing wherever you are. Now, if it become, You're off the milk now. You're transitioning from the milk to the meat because you're becoming experiential in the word of righteousness. Oh, you got to get that. that. And it's talking about the experience being exercised in the word of righteousness. And your discernment in that place is higher than ever before. And then chapter 6. Get this now. You may want to listen to this little half-hour broadcast again. Chapter 6 brings us to the place where the result of the choice... Whether we receive the wake-up call, we see in chapter 6 what can happen, or whether we just went on, rolled over, and started snoring again on the other side of the pillar. We just stayed asleep. We just chose to stay. Well, you know, I, I, you know I'm good. I'm good. Chapter 6 reveals the result of e either way we go. Uh, then we get into chapter 7, and for those, this is the point here in chapter 7 where those who have received the wake-up call and repentance unto righteousness. Now, we're, we've, cho we've made the, 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 the conscious decision, the conscious choice. Lord, I want the more. Lord, I see the more is found in, in, as I begin to experience the experience in my life. The, the word of righteousness, meaning my faith in the cross now, the Holy Spirit now, is able to bring forth the fruits of righteousness in my life. Hallelujah. I'm beginning now to see that all God's words are spoken in righteousness. Righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and, and his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, for the word of all the scriptures are inspired of God and they are for reproof, instruction, and, and, and list some other things they're for, but he says they're in Righteousness. The rebuke's not proper. The instruction's not proper. Uh, the teaching's not proper. The doctrine's not proper if it's not in righteousness. That means through, a, not just through being saved by the gospel, but the context of the gospel for all God's words are in righteousness because when, when faith comes, it comes by hearing God's words that are in righteousness and always bears forth the fruits of his righteousness. Hallelujah. So that's chapter 7. Chapter 7 brings us to the point where now those who've received the wake-up call, he can go ahead and teach about this Melchizedek so we can have a bigger picture of our Christ, who Melchizedek was a, a type and a shadow of, symbolic of, pointed to. In Psalms 110 verse 4, the, the oath was given from God to through the, 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 the king and the prophet David, hallelujah, the psalmist there, that the, 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 the eternal priesthood would be after the order of Melchizedek. 
Melchizedek, eternal priesthood. And Jesus became that eternal high priest through the offering of his own blood for us. And, and so it's an eternal priesthood. It's eternal. When you think about the eternal priesthood, you're talking about something that is without end because his life now is without end. And we saw that in chapter 7 where, where those who've received the wake-up call, those who've chosen to go on into the experience from the milk to the meat, which simply mean, doesn't mean more church involvement. It means the experience of the words of God's righteousness with the fruit thereof, with a greater level of discernment that's there. Amen. So that's where we end up this morning, chapter 8, and he says, Now of these things which we have spoken, this is the sum of it all. Of all we've spoken up to this point, this, what we're about to say in this 8th chapter, is the main point. It's the principal thing that you will receive if you've heard and received everything before this point. <laughs> What's about to be said in Hebrews chapter 8 is what you will see, what you will hear and receive if you've seen and heard properly and received from the first seven chapters because this is the main point of it all. And he says this, We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. And what he's going to do as we read through this eighth chapter in these next few sessions, he's going to, the Holy Spirit here, through this writer of Hebrews, is going to exalt our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's going to give us a greater picture of His role as high priest. That's who He is to us today. I see so many comments and things on, on social media uh, about things just in the natural with Jesus that, that you know, I, I can't wait to see what, he, what His face and His hands. And, no, 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 my friend. The Bible says we don't know Christ after the flesh. And we're never... Listen, when we see Jesus, His beauty to us will be the beauty of His righteousness and holiness. It will not be the color of His skin. It will not be the look that He has as a man that He became. It will be what you and I see when we see Christ is who He is to us spiritually. The Bible says that when Jesus walked on this earth that he had no comely form. That he, 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 If you just met him in passing, you would not know anything special about him unless you heard him speak. You need to understand that. Jesus wasn't anything to look at that you turn your head twice to see. But if you heard him speak... As the living word that he was, his words, he even declared in John chapter 6, were spirit and they were life. That means anybody who laid ear to his words, 
His words had an effect on them, whether it affected them for God's glory or it affected them and God's wrath would be upon them. But his word had an effect. But we need to get our minds off the fleshly look of Jesus, the color of his skin and the look of his fleshly face. No, it, what you see and what you're going to recognize when you see your Savior is who he is to you. And that's all because of what he's done for you. And chapter 8 is about a high... And now there's some people that are never going to... They're never going to get past the, 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 oh, just the, oh, uh, oh, they're just moved by flesh. But when you see your Jesus, and I, apparently I need to stay here for a minute, you're going to, what you're going to see when you first lay eyes on him face to face, you're going to see the beauty of his righteousness, the beauty of his holiness, for he is our righteousness and holy, holiness of the Lord. He is everything spiritually that we are lacking. We read that in chapter 7 of Hebrews. He's become everything that we could never have or become ourselves without him. And he is that to us as our Lord and Savior and our eternal high priest, and he's going, to, he's going to bring out the beauty in this 8th chapter, which he says is the main point. It's the culmination. It's the principal thing of all that's been said up to this point. So as we read through this over the next few sessions, make sure that you're looking at the one that is being described here. Let's get our minds off the, the pews and the preachers and the church buildings and ministers and, and all that, that our minds drift away to, to behold our Savior, the beauty of who He is, the beauty of who He is to us right now because of what He did for us at Calvary. Because who He is to us right now is who He will always be to us forever and forever. Verse 1 again. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum of it all. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1 and 3 reminds us that Jesus was seated there at the right hand of the majesty on high when he had by himself purged us from our sins. I didn't have any part to play in that salvation and neither did anyone else. Not through water baptism, not through any act. Our part, if we can even say that properly, our part was simply to receive of that freely without charge to us that which he paid for by himself on the cross. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. He is a minister of the sanctuary. Jesus Christ is a minister of the sanctuary. And that word minister means that he's a servant. The word minister means servant. Jesus, who is God the Son, will always, as the man he became, serve as our eternal high priest. He is the mediator of this new covenant because the new covenant was shed in his blood. Therefore, he's the only one that has the right, 
the power, the wisdom, and the ability given, the authority given by God to be the mediator of this new covenant, to be the one that provides the benefits of this new covenant to all those that come to God by Him way of the shedding of that blood. He is a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. The true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. Now he's going to get into here into showing us some powerful things as we move through this 8th chapter about the, the true high priest, the eternal high priest, the true tabernacle, the eternal tabernacle. We're talking about what's already ours. We're talking about the one who has become the lover, the anchor, and the keeper of our soul. We're talking about the one who's become the eternal high priest, the eternal servant of the eternal sanctuary that you and I as the children of God are headed. We're headed there now. That should help us to run this race with more vigilance, with more strength and joy. We're headed to the one who's there waiting on us, but yet he's here with us by his spirit now, but he's there awaiting our arrival in that sanctuary where he is the high priest of that which was pitched by the hands of God. Man didn't build anything in heaven and that which man even built here on earth as we'll see in this chapter was built under the direction of God to portray a picture of what's there in heaven. My goodness, it's going to be good. Join us this next Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here again and we're going to dig into this 8th chapter even more so and see more of our Savior because we always look through the blood or we're not going to see properly what God's offering us. The only way of imparting the truth into our hearts to, at, at any point is through faith in the blood of Jesus. Not faith that got me saved, looking through the blood to see the information of God's Word the truth of God's Word in its proper context being that of righteousness. Hallelujah. It's going to get better and better and better as we go along. Pray for us. We're believing God for you. Don't forget to sow good seed into good ground and you'll find a good harvest at the hands of God in your life. You never can go wrong sowing where the focus is what God's focus is. And that's the cross of Jesus Christ. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. And I'll see you Wednesday night. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. God bless you.